Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Hello and welcome to From Beer to the Bible. This is Sarah McDonald, your co-host, subbing in for Irvin. You can find the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com and you can support the ministry at HamptonMinistries.org. Our verse for the day is coming from Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from ourselves. It is from the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is from the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Okay, we're going to come in prayer as always. Lord God, we come before you humbly. We bless our listeners that they may be blessed by the works that Blake has to share today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. We have a very special guest today. We have Blake Leva, who works for Symmetria Recovery, but he's also just one of us uh, in long-term sobriety, and he's going to share his story with us today. I'm super excited to have Blake. He has a great testimony about our Lord Jesus Christ, about the gift of recovery, and all that comes with that. So, Blake, we'll take it to you. What's up, Dallas-Fort Worth? This is, Sarah was too shy to say my real name. It's the Blakenator, but you all can call me the Blakenator. Um, I got that nickname, actually. I've been a personal trainer for about 10 years, and I had a client from uh, Ridgely Country Club when I was a trainer there. And she, we were talking about nutrition and what to eat, what not to eat. And we were talking about the Baconators. I think it was over at Wendy's, one of those fast food joints. And then I said something like, don't have a Baconator, just stick to the Blakenator. And here we go. Oh my God. 10 years later. So anyways, let's get that out of the way. (laughs) Um, Well, I am in recovery myself. I'm just going to be transparent with everybody because... You know, people in recovery always have a story. So my story goes like this. I'm 39 today. Um, started my battle with drugs and alcohol. You know, just like a lot of us out there, we start with one thing, smoking weed in high school, started drinking, going to parties, and it just escalated from there. Um, in my 22 years of addiction and being out there, I've been to 18 treatment centers. I have been to four separate detox hospitals. I have tried to commit suicide three separate times, been to jail, and a lot of other bad things in between. So here I am today, sober. I have approximately 16 months and some change. And I'm going to tell you right now, the one thing that I was lacking during all my visits to treatment was I thought that I could do it Blake's way, Blake's will. That never worked. So I needed God's will. And finally... I realized that my last go around at my last treatment center and by the grace of God, I'm sober today. I've never had 16 months and hopefully one day at a time, keep on going. So that's amazing. Thank you. So the 18 treatment centers, the one thing that changed this time is that you found Christ. 100%. Um, So I'll give you a little synopsis of my background. Born and raised Jewish, um, had my bar mitzvah at a at the age of 13, all the little Jewish boys and girls do. And born and raised Jewish, you know, I'm Reformed. So we celebrated all the holidays, Shabbat, every Friday, Hanukkah, um, Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah. We, 
you know, we practiced, but we weren't like full on Jewish. Like we, we didn't read the Bible. I was never brought up with the Bible as a kid. It was kind of, it was kind of more just like celebrating with the family traditions, holidays, things of that nature. So nothing really biblical. Um, didn't even know what the old Testament was growing up. Um, didn't know what Jesus was, but I now say Yeshua because that means Jesus in Hebrew. So I never grew up with Yeshua. I just, I never knew anything. So, um, after about 13, 14 years old, I got my Eagle Scout and I just fell into drugs and alcohol after my bar mitzvah. And I was just kind of MIA for, for years, um, in and out of treatment, battling with the disease and just was not around my family. So what changed when you were 13? Anything you can think of? Is there a shift in something? My family and I, we moved, so we were living in Kansas City at the time. That's where I got my Eagle Scout. I had my bar mitzvah, and we moved to California. And being 14 years old, taken out of the second part of eighth grade, I was like, this is amazing. Like, I'm in California. I was a inline skater at the time. I was a skateboarder. I was like, woo, living the life, you know, every, you know, go to California. Things are a little different now. But back then it was, it seemed, you know, surreal. So. I just got, I got, I got, I had fun. I just, my attitude changed. Kansas city is much different than California as people can imagine. And so I thought I was very important and I wanted to live up to my potential, whatever you want to, whatever that looks like and live in California. So I was hanging out on Venice beach all the time, rollerblading. I was, it just kind of started. I met, I met the wrong group of people and you can do that anywhere, but I just thought I was so excited to live in California that it, I took advantage of that and it led me down a very dark path. Um, so I just kind of started hanging out with people. I wanted to be the cool kid. I got made fun of a lot being in Kansas city. They told me I tipped cows and I smoked wheat. So, and I remember I was, I, I, yes, people, I rolled my pants up as an inline skater, you tended to do that so your pants didn't drag on the ground when you rollerbladed. Uh-huh. These kids saw me at middle school. Oh, boy, did I get made fun of. <laughs> and so I went to high school at Santa Monica High School in California. And I wanted to be – I made it a point that I was going to be the most popular kid in high school. And so I, I tried my best to be popular and make a name for myself. And so I had parties. I made sure I hung out with the right people. And it didn't do me any service because I just fell apart years after that. So I took, I tried to, I had a lot of pride, a lot of ego, and I just rolled with it. And it just led me to getting, you know, starting with drugs and alcohol and just going down a a terrible path. So what age were you when you first went to treatment? I was 17 at the time. I mean, before that, of course, I was doing a lot of bad things, but I finally went to treatment when I was 17. I got shipped off to Utah. Um... And I went, I can't remember the place name, but yeah, I went there. I was kind of suicidal. I had ran away from home. I stole my stepbrother's car and I was just, I I wasn't heavy into drugs and alcohol, but I was smoking weed and drinking like nobody's business, hanging out with girls, you know, nothing, nothing good. Walk us through the next couple of years of going in and out of treatment and did anything change in that? Or did your parents make you go or, you know, did you want to be there at some points? Were there little messages that you received at different treatment centers that, you know, you got a little bit closer to sobriety? Like, tell us a little bit about that. Love my parents. They did the best they could with what they have. I have a stepfather who actually today has a little over 30 years sober. So he met, I met him and my mother. He came into our lives when I had, when he had three years sober. 
So he was already in the AA program and everything. That's kind of how he grew up with Alcoholics Anonymous. And I, you know, my parents, I love them to death, but they enabled me a lot. You know, they threw money at my problems. You know, they bailed me out of trouble, which, hey, any normal parent would do that. I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't, but it never helped me. You know, they put me in treatment. Their famous lines were, and I love my parents to death, but they always said, call your sponsor, go to a meeting, get on the right medication, or you're going to treatment kind of thing. And God, you know, I love my mom, but if I can just be honest and mom, if you're listening, I love you. But she never sat me down and was like, what's going on? Like, of course my mother loves me and she showed me that love, but she never sat me down and was like, what can I do to help you? You know, rather than just put me on a treatment center, put me on to somebody else's, you know, my problems on to someone else. So, um, and I just don't think that that was the best route for me. Again, she did the best with what she could. Sure. When she met my stepfather, he comes from kind of a, you know, a wealthier family. And she was gone a lot when I was growing up. She, I felt abandoned. She was going on trips all the time, really involved in the art world and left me with my sister, who's five years older than me, babysitters, nannies. And I did whatever I wanted. Like there was no discipline. I had girls in my room spending the night when I was, freshman in high school, like, that's not okay. I had no recollection of what the Bible talks about, about women and healthiness. And I didn't know any about that. I did what I wanted. So that just let, you know, with no discipline, a 15, 16 year old is going to do whatever they want. And of course I kept getting in trouble. Yeah. So that's kind of where it all started. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit about, we talk a lot about different treatment centers on this show and how there's different levels of treatment centers. There's different quality uh, of treatment centers. Can you share with us a little bit about how they picked a treatment center or how you picked a treatment center and maybe kind of a little bit about what that looked like? And did you have any trauma from any of those experiences? Because, you know, going to treatment center after treatment center after treatment center can cause some trauma for for people. You know, it's funny you say that. Uh, The last treatment center I went to was Stonegate and Nasal. Great experience. I think I needed that Christian God faith-based treatment center. And that's what they are. Um, I never got a choice of where I was going. They always made the decisions for me at any given time. I was seeing a therapist, seeing a doctor and they would make the recommendation. Um, You know, of course I was not in the right state of mind. So I needed somebody to at those times make a decision for me. They, as far as where they picked and why, I mean, there was times that I left the state. I went off somewhere because that's, that can be good for somebody who needs to get out of their environment and meet new people and just have a fresh start. So that, that happened many times. Um, but really I just went wherever the doctor, the, or the, uh, therapist said, um, I never really had a say cause I mean, obviously I was not in the right state of mind. So I would have probably picked a fancy one. Betty Ford on the on the Malibu beach hanging out with all the celebs. No, nothing against Betty Ford. I know it's a good place, but I'm just saying I never had a choice. So I went to all different treatment centers, 12 step based, um, really behavioral modification, therapeutic community. I literally have tried them all. I tried the high dollar ones. I've tried the state funded ones. I tried the mediocre. I've done them all. And until I picked this last one, this is what happened uh, 16 months ago. I made the decision that I was ready. I paid for it myself. I went to the treatment center that my girlfriend, now wife, suggested. She says, you're walking with Yeshua. Why don't you go to a God, Christian, faith-based treatment center? I said, oh, that's not a bad idea. Not that any of the other treatment centers didn't, you know, um, 
push that, but this was more focused on that. We read out of the recovery Bible. I still read it today. It's awesome. So until I started doing these things, you know, what I thought I needed through the advice of my spiritual family, you know, and my now wife, it seemed to work out. I think I needed to take, take the initiative to do everything myself with some help and not let mommy and daddy do it because no offense to them, it never worked out before. Yeah. You there's know? a lot to be said for, you know, putting some skin in the game. Amen. To call it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. You're a big boy now. I am a big boy and I put on my big boy pants. <laughs> so I, I just, I needed to do, I, I needed to do what I thought was right for me. So I know that our listeners are probably fascinated with the fact that you were born and raised Jewish yes. and you are becoming a Christian. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because we yes. are so excited for you, oh my especially gosh. on this show. Blinkinator. Woo. Okay. So here's the deal, guys. Um, Sorry, I got a lot of energy. I am a personal trainer and I'm in recovery and life is awesome. <laughs> Who says you can't have fun in recovery? It can definitely happen. So on that note. Let me just clarify, I am not a Christian because I do practice Jewish beliefs. I do Shabbat every Friday. I celebrate all the Jewish holidays, but I am a believer, 100%. I like to say, I don't like labels. You know, I've had somebody say, you're Jews for Jesus. I am not a Jews for Jesus. I don't even know what that means. It may be a cult. I'm not in a cult, guys. I just believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. That's it. Um, I, I'm still learning a lot, but I know that my rabbi who married me and my wife on April 25th this year, he says the most Jewish thing you can do is believe in Yeshua. Yeshua is the Messiah. I'm not messianic. I'm a Jewish believer, but I follow the Bible and I go to church. I go to Watermark Church in Fort Worth. I love them. Um, and I just practice a lot of Christian beliefs. So tell us how you got there. All right. Are y'all sitting down? Probably so because you're driving. All right. Here's the deal. So, again, born and raised Jewish, when this was about, let's see, I've been sober 16 months, so I want to say, you know, about 25 months or so, I, okay, so my my very, very close friend, Vanessa, I was, my daughter went to Sunday school at Beth Torah off Hewland Street, and she was going to Sunday school. I met this woman named Vanessa. She was my daughter's Sunday school teacher. We get on a field trip, we're on the bus, and we're going somewhere for the kids. I don't know why, but I lit- literally told her anything and everything about my life story. Maybe God, you know, told me to do that. And I literally, I don't normally just meet someone, a stranger and say, hey, this is Blake. I'm an agent, you know, da, 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 da. I, I don't know why I did that. So I told her everything and anything about me, told her my struggles. And when I, and I got her number and we just kind of became friends. But when I got off the bus, I texted her and was like, I am so sorry. I think I just spilled my life story to you. I don't normally do that. I apologize. She says that was God. I said, okay. And literally our friendship has evolved since then. This was about, I'd say about five or six years ago. She is one of the closest people in my life. I love her to death. She is taking me in with her family. Now my wife and I have a very strong relationship with them. We do Shabbat with them. Every Friday we celebrate the holidays and they are Jewish, but they believe in Yeshua. Yeshua is the Messiah, and we incorporate him with everything we do Jewish. It's really cool. It's a, it's just a new way of life. So she kind of got me on my journey. She comes to me one day and says, hey, I want to take you to the movies. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go to the movies. She gave me the address. You know, wasn't thinking anything of it. I show up at Life Church 
off Sycamore School Road and Granbury Road. I'm going in, I'm like, uh, and I probably wasn't in the best best state of mind at that time, but I was like, Vanessa, we're at church. Why are we at church? We're Jewish. What are we doing here? And she's like, just, just, it'll be good. Like, they have a good message. And I was open. I was like, okay, let's do it. So Craig Rochelle does Life Church, and they kind of have like a video church. So what they do every month of the year, one month out of the year, is they play a movie every week, and they talk about it, how it relates to Scripture, life. It was awesome. So after I get out of that um, sermon that day, I'm like, this was really cool. I like this, and I just kept going. So very encouraged by her. I really enjoyed it. Um, I was still really confused, like, why am I at church? I'm Jewish. I kind of felt like maybe it wasn't the right thing to do. My Like, what is my family going to think? Blah, blah, blah. Kind of kept it a secret, but I rolled with it. And I was probably in the midst of my disease, and I needed something. And so I really gravitated towards Life Church. I was meeting the staff, meeting the pastor, reaching out for help. Like, you would, you know, every week they would... Um, you know, little bucket. If you want to put a prayer in, I would do that every week and they would call me and it was, it was very encouraging. So that's kind of where my journey started. A lot of questions, confused. What am I doing? Is this the right thing? All that. But I rolled with it because everyone's got their own path. Are those the questions that you put into? Yes. More, more or less like I'm struggling with drugs and alcohol. I'm not sober. I need some help. I want to die, all that kind of stuff, you know, and they reached out to me repeatedly and I met with them and it was great. Um, so that kind of started my journey. Then I went to treatment again, came home, um, a big event happened. And to make a long story short, I, me, Vanessa took me home or we were at Walmart shopping cause I need to fatten up cause I was all skinny from drugs. Um, I told her a big incident that happened. We got down on the Walmart parking lot. In front of everyone, people were kind of looking at us like, what are you guys doing? And we prayed. And she says, if you turn your life over to God and accept Yeshua in your heart, you know, will you do this? And hopefully this will relieve what you're going through. I said, okay. The next morning I wake up at 1130 AM. That problem was gone. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Something's going on bigger than I can understand. I'm starting to believe now. And from there, it definitely went in a positive direction. Um, then from there, I started getting more serious about my, you know, my walk with Yeshua. Long story short, my mom, I, my wife bought me this necklace because I ended up getting baptized at, at Life Church. My wife bought me this necklace with the Jewish star and a cross in the middle. My mom saw it, came down on me very, very hard. I won't get into the details, but it was really just, it was really detri- detrimental towards me. And I really kind of fell apart. Things just kind of started going downhill from there. Not that I'm blaming things on her, but I just, for your mother not to accept what you're doing was really hard on me. Ended up going back to treatment, uh, met a kid at Stonegate who was a follower of Christ, turned me over to all this stuff that I needed to do, reading the Bible, and I got it, and I walked out, and I'm still sober today, and nothing's perfect. I'm still broken, but for the most part, I have a daily ritual, and it works, and I still have questions. I don't understand things sometimes, but, you know, I need to stay sober, and this is the path that I'm walking on, and I know God's got a plan for me. That's awesome. Um, I have a a verse for you to take out with you today. Let's do it. Let's do it. Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. What a relief is that? Amen. 
No, it's a big relief. Thank you. For so I know you, and I know you're still kind of struggling with your identity and where you yes. belong. Uh, but I just want you to know that you belong in Christ Jesus. He does have a plan for you. We aren't saved by works. We are saved by grace. Thank goodness. And we appreciate you being here today. Thank you. I really uh, appreciate the opportunity. Is there anything else that you want to say? Say to the listeners some last words. <sighs> for all the parents that are listening, for all you know, the different people that are listening, look, guys, I've been through a lot. Okay. Um, dark places wanted to kill me. I mean, you name it. I've been on every single medication out there. The only thing that I can tell you is that obviously you have to have hope, but you just got to believe in something. It's not a doorknob on the wall. It's, I mean, on the door, sorry, whatever. <laughs> um, you can, you can, you can destroy a doorknob. You know, when I'd walk in AA, they'd say, Hey, you know, whatever it is, believe in something but you need to believe in a higher power something greater than yourself whether that's god yeshua but you guys just i don't know you just need to believe and just have faith it will change your world all right blake thank you so much for being here we appreciate you and we are praying for you thank you sonic boom we'll be back with more of from beer to the bible right here on the word 100.7 fm finding addiction help is intensely personal And the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. We are here with Blake Leva. He just told us his amazing testimony about coming to Christ. Love that story. We love your walk, and we are so happy for you. Thank you. Blake is with Symmetria Recovery, and he's going to tell us a little bit about what Symmetria does and how you can get some help and support there at Symmetria. Blake? Thanks, Sarah. I love working for Symmetria. There, you know, there's a lot of great help in the DFW area, but we are very unique in the sense that we are a comprehensive outpatient provider in a boutique setting. Nobody else is doing that. We are very big on high touch and high accountability. We're also led by an amazing leadership team with our chief medical officer, Dr. Giannotti, who is the president of the TSAM, which is the Texas Society of Addiction Medicine and board certified in addiction medicine. You know, we offer a bunch of great services for substance abuse and mental health, such as IOP, which is intensive outpatient, We also do MAT or medication assisted treatment for drugs and alcohol as well to help reduce cravings that in turn, it saves lives with overdoses and trips to the ER. 
We can also help with co-occurring, mental issues, uh, psych services, group counseling, individual, family, smart recovery, really anything anybody can need. We also have three locations, one being in Louisville, Hurston, Fort Worth, and we take all insurances and also offer a sliding scale for individuals based on their income level. We can basically help anyone. If you know someone that's struggling and that can benefit from our services, I'm your guy. At the end of the day, my goal is to help as many people as I can, get them in treatment or whatever services they need. And, you know, look, if symmetry is not a good fit for them, I will find them a place. I'm out in the community every day. I have relationships, wonderful resources, and I would love to help anybody. Please reach out to me. My cell phone number is 682-717-5101. Again, it's 682-717-5101. I'm passionate. Let's get together and I'll take care of you. Thank you so much for being here, Blake. We appreciate you and have a great day. Sonic Boom. Love you guys. Woo. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FromBeerToTheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com.